Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and it has been seven days since I ran out of Ketchunk. Oh, very good. Very good. And I'm Carter, and I admit it's fatally dangerous, but I'd get to hunk around like Iron Man. Carter. Why? Hunk? Oh, I mean, it's hunky, but it's like not super interesting. Disagreed. Speaking of dis, <gasps> it's for my dissertation. Nice. So I am, I am pursuing a doctorate. I went through and did some certific- a certification exam to protect human participants, mm-hmm. which mm. is sciencey, which is perfect yeah, for the absolutely. science fiction day. Um, but it's the certain thing of like, I have to treat everybody fairly and let them know where all this data yeah. that I'm collecting from them is going. Real problem, huh? Yeah. Are you sure you can do that? I think I can. And okay. so I'm now certified through 2023. Great. Well, just so you know, I'm free for yeah. whatever. I have so much. You don't do even science understand me. how much data I have as inside of Okay, great. Just yeah. waiting to get out. Of I can legally do and, that. Yeah. So. If I, I'll check all those boxes and we'll you have it recorded. You have my consent to be science. <laughs> I do. Recorded. Okay. So <laughs> there it is. There's can proof. you grow potatoes out of me? <laughs> I'll try. That is honor around even. Very I think scary. Would work. <laughs> graphic. <laughs> Well, we just had to take an extended break because of a uh, incredibly loud lawnmower you outside know, the window. I think that the lawnmower was coming from Mars, looped all the way around the Earth, went back to Mars, and then came back to Earth. Because so, it was like an extra like three years of mowing mission time. So it was true. a lot. Much like Mark Watney, we had to wade through all the poop, and uh, now we're growing some wonderful podcast potatoes. Here they are, Carter. Potatoes. Pick it back up for me. Well, we were gonna have we even talked about what we're 
the name of the movie. That, that would probably be a that. good idea, yeah, right? How about you? And then I'll. I'd jump love that. that. Yeah, I'd love that. And Thank then you I'll, so do, much. I'll do. You'll do some stuff too later. Yeah, that'd be great. So uh, on today's episode, we are talking about the winner of the sci-fi genre category in the Teens' Choice Awards, which of course is The, the Martian. Martian. The Carter, Martian. What was it up against? I'll tell you. It defeated uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Looper, yeah, Gravity, yeah, and Ex Machina. Okay, which mm. this is a pretty. Like so sci-fi, I love genre. all these yeah. movies. And honestly, I think the best sci-fi movie of the last decade we've already done. And I think it was Arrival. Yeah, I, I agree. Would agree with uh, that. 100%. And, but that I didn't agree. show up on the list, and so because we already did it. Yeah, and if you want to go back and look at some of these others, there might be other sci-fi movies that you're thinking of that we are intentionally saving for. That's true. To There's a couple. Do yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. We a got a couple big, back pocketed big boys that we haven't talked about. It'll true. Um, before we really get started talking about The Martian, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like we did for horror, we've kind of done this a little bit with a breakdown of every genre winner. I do want to say, bring that Martian rock salt right now. Yeah, bring the so, salt. Well, I don't, I don't want to reveal necessarily my opinion on the Martian just yet, but before we got into this, it was, it was heartbreaking for me because I just love Blade Runner 2049 so much. And honestly, I love, I love Looper and Ex Machina and uh, what was the other one in the category again? Gravity. You just said it, Gravity. This is probably some of the best writing of any of the genres. And so this is a tough genre for me to uh, see that my, my beloved Sure. was taken down. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's, that's, that's the game you play. Well, and the, to be like the other movies are less popcorny than the Martian. Sure. You know yeah. I mean? The Martian, I I the Martian stands a way better chance of being a big crowd favorite because it's a little bit more broad appeals more broadly than something like a super narrow, hard sci-fi blade runner 2049 does, you know? Yeah. Right? I, I think I totally agree with that. And it, it, it feels like the Martian maybe spreads genre thin a little more than, yeah some of those other ones do exactly yeah but let's talk about it yeah well, somebody's gotta somebody's gotta do something do they <laughs> synopsis <laughs> hey doge oh yeah would you <laughs> deliver a you, synopsis i can't believe you fell asleep what? in the half oh, a wow. second yeah. wake up doge and give me a synopsis this week's synopsis was written by keith francis Ooh. keith, keith francis stuff. writes during their mission in mars a team of astronauts is hit by an unpredicted storm and have to abort their mission and leave for Earth. It was predicted. During the evacuation, one of the crew members, Mark Watney, is hit by a projectile due to the storm and is thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> the crew is forced to leave him thinking he died due to rupture in his spacesuit. However, Mark survives and now has to find ingenious ways to make it till the next scheduled Mars mission four years later with the remaining meager supplies. M-E-A-G-R-E, by the way. That's how you spell it. Migre. No way. I really? Mean, that was, I was kidding. Oh. Dude, sometimes we do jokes on this well, podcast. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> this is a totally serious synopsis. Being a botanist, he manages to cultivate food and survives by scavenging parts of previous missions. NASA soon learns about him and attempts a daring and dangerous mission to bring him back. Will they succeed in bringing him back alive? Only time will tell. <laughs> Only time will tell. So there can are you, parts of that every synopsis. synopsis can end with that if you <laughs> yeah, want it to. Exactly. <laughs> parts of that synopsis felt like the office when Kevin's like, why use lot word when feed word do trick? Absolutely. hundred percent. These like piecemealed sentences that were like, that kind of gets it across, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. So 
for starters. <laughs> to scavenge those words from the desolate Martian <laughs> landscape. Dig, digging them up and all sorts of stuff. So I realized about two minutes into this movie how little I actually knew about the Martian going in. Oh, I mean, great. I really... Do you I think it was about it? that guy from Looney Tunes? Yeah, I thought it was about Marvin. Yeah. Um, I thought he was like, <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> Another uh, person that sounds like Kermit. Yeah. Someone's, that's just getting recycled. There's a lot of that's, that's the one voice people can do. Yep. Um, there was just a lot that I didn't know. For instance, how nuts this cast was. That um, it was about Mars. That it was about Mars, <laughs> that Matt Damon was in it. No, just that it was. Um, so I, I actually don't think I realized what the story was entirely. Yeah. Um, so this was kind huh. of a really blind flight into this for me. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, and I feel comfortable saying loved it. Yeah. Good, good. That so makes me, freaking good. Ooh, wow, wow, I had wow. a stress dream last night. I was nervous too. Were you? No, yeah. dude, this movie yeah. rules. Jordan's the only one who hadn't seen it. So yeah. yeah. I was just kind of like, and it's Ridley. Yeah. Oh man. It's your it's, boy. It's yeah. my boy. It's so funny. It's so charming. Mm-hmm. It's so intense. Oh, this movie was great. I yeah. really enjoyed it. So it starts out uh, high stress immediately. Big time. Which is great. Um, An unpredicted storm. And it was, yeah, <laughs> it was hard for me almost because I spent the first like three and a half minutes of the movie. Every time somebody's face popped up being like, what? There it is. <laughs> yep. Like over and over again. Well, we even get a shot of all of them, like looking at something. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, which oh, is a cool shot. Wow. Well, yeah. and what they're looking at is Mark being thrown. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there was a brief moment where Callie and I both were like, was that, was that Matt Damon that got hit? I think that was okay. Yep, I think tough, it was yeah. Matt. Dave. Is he in the faces? No. Okay. It's everybody, but Matt yeah. Dave. Like we just, yeah, we did that bit. too. And I've seen it. <laughs> um, but just in concept alone, which I know that Ridley Scott didn't write this. It's based on a novel. Yeah. But in concept alone, this is like absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The most alone a person can be. Yeah. And on accident, ah, uh, it's just, yeah. You can't help but think of castaway. Sure. A little bit when you see this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a char- characters become inanimate objects. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what it made me think of? Have you ever seen the movie Rocket Man? Yeah. Dude, it <laughs> totally made me think of Rocket that's Man. One of my favorites. Him like cutting the space blankets yeah. into shapes yeah, and eating funny. all the food. That's funny. Oh my goodness. I told Jess when we were watching it last night, I can think of nothing more terrifying than him waking up after the storm to his oxygen alarm. His helmet Man, is like, that like scene, his suit's ruptured. And everybody's gone and he's just, oh crap. So I think one of the biggest, uh, like showing of skills in this movie is how quickly it can take you from like actual laughter, like out loud comedy laughter Mm -hmm. to like complete fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when he, like you're saying, when he wakes up and the alarms are going crazy and he's got the rod through his chest or like his lower abdomen, I guess. And he's just panicking. Ridley loves stuff like that. Dude, I caught surgery on yourself. I realized I was holding my breath. Like I I exhaled at the same time he did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was holding my breath. Just (laughs) like Matt Damon. (laughs) We we talk about this a lot when it comes to movies. You go in and you're like, obviously Matt Damon's going to live like through most of this movie, at least because he's on the poster. He's the main character. But even still in the surgery, it finished. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah, yeah. There's something about the intensity when done well, the intensity of a moment can make you forget that you're watching something Dude. and just make you experience it. Yeah. I'll, I'm not going to super pump, but it's, I mean, Ridley is so good at this. Oh my goodness. I, this was great for me because the Martian and and we might've even alluded to it before, but uh, I almost picked the Martian as one of the movies for really chooser's choice. Yeah. yeah. But um, Ridley Scott after seeing the Martian again, like he's for sure my favorite director. Like there was a moment yeah. when I was like, should I choose the Coen brothers who I also love mm. so very much? 
But I cannot believe the breadth at what Ridley's able to do in terms of movies that he has made. Yeah. Um, But I think if I was trying to find a theme for him, I think it's realism, even in sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, I think so. There's something really realistic about it. Uh, And so I'm sure the opportunity to work with NASA for him was such a treat. Yeah. I think the word for Ridley Scott that I would use is visceral. I was literally going to say the same. Really? Yeah. Everything Ridley does. it, It just has this, it's this added it's, it's, realism but then there's this added layer of like it makes me cringe yeah Yeah. it's such a unique thing for the martian specifically to have it in a genre like picking a genre i mean it's like space there's a lot of spaceships so it's sci-fi the funny thing that happened there was controversy around the golden globes because it was registered as a musical comedy and one in that series and so there were other directors who uh basically appealed like they were upset about that because it was the producer's choice to do that even Ridley yeah. was not happy with that yeah. because yeah. he was like, Judd I Apatow want to, was really, it was Judd. Yeah. It. He was like, I want to win something. And so they put it in musical comedy, but yeah. now there's new regulations that it's like, it does not, if it, it, it is a drama, they say at its center Yeah, with some like comedic overtones undertones. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. And, but yeah, it's because of the Martian, the golden globes got a little more strict about, where you can put it because there is two different, there's like drama and then there's musical comedy on the yeah. other side. So I'm putting this thought together as I have it. So bear with me, but I'm wondering if Ridley Scott understands something about an audience watching somebody get hurt and not have an immediate way to fix it. Like I'm wondering if, cause I'm thinking about like gladiator when yeah. Maximus is, he's got that cut and, uh, his friend that helps him, uh, puts that he chews that stuff and puts it in the yep. cut to help it heal. Yeah. And there's something about that moment that I think whenever I watch it immediately grounds me and makes me buy in. Cause it's like, Oh man, I hope that heals. That one's going to be yeah, tough. I mean, it, it instantly raises the narrative stakes. Maybe that's in, what in a way that we don't have to devote a lot of screen time to, but we just know like they've got to beat this, but then there's still the other ticking clock of like, he's going to bleed out unless something right. really changes. There's something about like big ouchie, very dangerous that yeah, makes yeah. the audience go, well, duh. On a massive level, like almost horror level in Prometheus. Yes. When our main actor is having to perform a much more extensive surgery on herself. Right. Uh, that is terrifying. Gosh, that is horrifying. Yeah. But I even feel like, like uh, maybe there's something like that in American Gangster. Uh, he does this all the time. Black Hawk Down, it's definitely there. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean. I wonder if there's conversations where Ridley goes, okay, we're going to use this moment to draw them in with this certain level mm-hmm. of groundedness or whatever you want to call well, I it. I think, I think the placement of this scene right at the beginning, um, and I haven't read the book, but I would assume Andy Weir takes credit for this element and the placement part of the story. Um, but that immediately lets us know the stakes of Mark being stuck. You know, it's, yeah. it's not rocket man right like it's right it is yeah. visceral and like it's not crawl back and you know spend some time figuring it out it's yeah and then just sit in your hab yeah. right oh man yeah i think yeah. the using the um the video documentaries like the little like yeah. video diaries that he makes so right after he gets injured and he fixes himself kind of the next thing we see of him is him sitting down covered in a blanket creating the first video diary yeah where he's just saying someday, probably somebody will see these. I'm alive. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. And it's where we start to see his personality because he's alone. So it's hard to sort of bring out some of that dialogue. It's where we start to see his personality. It's where we start to see the humor and it's where we start to uh, feel more than just 
scared for him, but start yeah. to feel like kind of connected to him as a character. I'm yeah. not certain if those video logs are in the book, but either way, it's a, it's a genius narrative device to get yeah. us to be able to hear the thoughts of our right. main character. Remind right. me the name of the author. Andy Weir. So Andy Weir writing the Martian, it wasn't supposed to be a book to start. Yeah. Right. He had an online blog mm-hmm. and he was writing blogs. And so it was, it was serialized. From a first person. Yeah. yeah. It was as if he was, was writing something. And so that's cool that it ends up going that way. Yeah. Well, and that's why the structure is a lot of like overcome that obstacle. Now you get a break, overcome yep. that obstacle. Now you get a break mm-hmm. because it was written to be like monster of the week where the monster is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Mars. Like, yeah. What do you think yeah. is going to happen next? And then yeah. you have to, I mean, it's like the structure of dungeons and dragons. It's like, yeah. Give your, give yourself something to improv through. And he happens to know a lot about space. So very much. Yeah. Yeah. I loved the, the detail taken. I was actually just reading an article earlier this week about the, the density of the Martian atmosphere. Yeah. How like a plane can't take off on Mars because the air is too thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can whip the smaller like sand particles around like nobody's business. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, that's the interesting thing about the beginning storm. Uh, there's a little bit of like, meh, we're not totally sure that that science lines up of it, of the, the thin Martian atmosphere being able to cause that much tornado level damage, right. you know? Um, but even visually, the way that we translate that type of atmosphere to Mars, how there's always like dust flying above yeah. them. Like, I don't know. It's just super interesting. It I is read very that interesting. Pretty much every exterior shot on Mars was a soundstage. Wow. Yeah. That's um, they I was trying to well, it's like, the biggest green screen. It's in Hungary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, uh, the second stage is big enough to drop the rover, get it up to speed, stop it, turn it around and drive. Like, wow. it's, a, it's the biggest soundstage with the biggest green screen on planet Earth. Yeah. That's crazy. But I thought yeah. for sure they shot that in like Utah or right. something. Well, the massive shots, the ones that don't involve some kind of character yeah. or space equipment, those are from Jordan. Okay. Like you brought them. Yeah, I brought them with me. Yeah, Yeah. good. The country. If you guys want to see them, I've got them. In your car. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) I can get up to speed and then stop it and (laughs) turn it around. Um, So as I was watching, there was a brief moment where I found myself going, yeah, I'm sure the guy that gets left alone is the botanist with this much personnel. And like, uh, and then I had to stop myself and do the thing I have to do so much, which is like, well, duh, that's why we're watching this story. Yeah. The story of the medic that doesn't know how to grow food <laughs> and dies great, after 80 days yeah. is not interesting to watch. That's a great point. Like, yeah. That's a really good point. We're interested in this story because he's the guy that has the chance. He's also technically, they asked Ridley Scott, what is the rank of the crew? He's last <laughs> because I think it's fun. I, I feel like interviewers that know better know that Ridley already knows this, right? Yeah. Sure. He chooses to not put a lot of the, the research into his yeah. movies, but that's a lot. Yeah. But yeah, that he's the lowest ranking. Yeah. That, that, that Watney as the botanist is down at the very bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So um, structurally, this movie is so interesting because we spend a lot of time jumping back and forth between Mars and Earth, which is necessary for the story. But I kept expecting to have a villain revealed on Earth. Mm. We just don't get that. It's there the, is. It's the red tape of NASA yeah. and of Teddy. Yeah. yeah. But he, even he is not a bad dude. I don't think he just has NASA's interest at heart over Watney. Right. Which is another realistic thing. Yeah. It's so interesting. One of my biggest pumps about this movie is the relationship between Ridley Scott and everyone producing it with NASA. First of all, the fact that I read that like NASA does this for free, you could go do this. We could go pick up like NASA would tell us anything. And I think it's kind of, they get to flex. It's like, are you going to go to space? Yeah. I know you don't have the means to go to space. Sure. This is how we do it. Fine. This is exactly how we do it. But like every long conversation that, especially that, uh, Matt Damon or Mark Watney has to himself about 
this is the ingredients of this. This is how I make this. Like it is yeah. to a T as much as they can. Like NASA's using actual stuff that they're going to use to go to Mars someday yeah. and just gave it to Ridley Scott to make this movie for the sake of realism for the movie. Yeah. yeah. NASA open sourced the HAB uh, design to people that could 3D print the cheapest and most sturdy, mm-hmm. like potential like, HAB design. Love The that. one thing that stands out as, as the, the very fictional side is the Hermes itself. Mm-hmm. The ship from Earth to Mars. Yeah. For sure. Those huge Star Wars style windows. Yeah. That took me out of the movie for a moment. Where it's Feels like, very Ridley though. That's like Ridley, Star Trek. He, like he does a little yeah. bit of both. But yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that's it felt like possible. to me? I loved that place though. It's cool. It's, it's really so cool. cool. And the way that yeah. we're, the center section is rotating to simulate gravity. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah. that's like based on real research that that, that is probably how we're going to be able to sustain people over long space flights. Yeah. Right. But those big windows are purely science fiction. Yeah, Y'all 100. seen a Xenon Girl, the 21st century? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the space station with those two spinning it circles. Really it does. looks like the space That's station fine. from Xenon. I totally was see waiting that. for Protozoa to show up yep. and hit me with a pop hit. <laughs> so, you know, Disney. <laughs> uh, the, the way this movie unfolds where we get uh, a important second point of view, like about a third to even halfway through it, like when we... We're firmly with Watney for the first little bit. And then we introduce another cast of characters and another point of view. Reminds me of Gone Girl. On the Hermes, you mean? No, no, no. At uh, In Houston at NASA. Oh, yeah. Because it starts off and you. it's just Watney for a long time. Yeah. And then we cut to NASA and it's like, oh, there's more characters that we need to meet. Well, well, then about, it like, does the detective it again. in Gone Girl. And then also when we actually. It reminds me of whenever right. we switch from. To from, Rosamund Pike. To, to right. Amy's perspective yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 But then we do it again. I agree. Yep. Do we it again add with the Hermes, Hermes. In, yep. in the last, like the third act, really. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like all of a sudden. Okay. You guys have a decision to make. Yeah. It's so unique, I think. Yep. Very much. The filming of it is too, because I mean, legitimately Matt Damon, they filmed all their scenes together. And then the rest of the filming of this movie, like the last just five him. weeks are just Matt. Yep. It took 72 days to film this whole movie. I believe it. It's crazy. Goodness gracious. It, yeah. ma- it, it, it makes it such a big universe because we're going literally from Mars to earth, but it's also so small. It is literally just three pockets of people. Yeah. And that's all it took. Well, I think it's brilliant. It's funny because in perspective, Mars to earth is not that big. Right. I mean, it is sure huge, Yeah, yeah. but you know, objectively it's not. And I think that's, what's so crazy. It kind of put into perspective for me, the real distance, just talking about how long it's going to take to get out there and all that stuff. And I I think that's, what's so interesting about this movie is it's sci-fi, but also like the red tape and like, we're bound by sort of the laws of what we're able to do really again, here's the word. It grounds it a lot and yeah. makes it yeah. very And it's only set in 2035, right? Like it's 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels almost a little unfair to put this as like science fiction in the same category as things like Ex Machina and like Blade Runner. Right. Right. Because those are so fantasy or right. you know right. I mean, like those are more science fantasy. I don't know. Or maybe this is like science future, not science. It just feels like there should be some kind of like a subgenre. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then there probably is literarily, but yeah. 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 I'm sure somebody's talking to us back right now in their car. Like, well, actually the technical genre Uh, of this. Hey, listen, if you know that you don't sound like that, you're a genius. You might. And you need to text us that information. You might. Hey, people's voices sound different. Doge. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe you just assumed I was making fun of them before we get too far away from it. Another comment about red tape. Um, there is a little bit of this in Alien. 
with, with Ridley yeah. Scott in terms of oh, they are yeah. not a rescue mission. Yeah. Like we should not be going to this planet in the first place because yep. what were they essentially like? They're just a mining. Yeah. Literally. Like it's, it's a massive station. That's not supposed to go out of its way. something else that we can see is somebody saying like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but I know this is the right thing. So I'm do the right thing. In really Scott of movies. what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I mean, we can see that in probably most movies, but well, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's I, a, it's an inherently interesting. Yeah. Ridley direction. seems to really draw that out. Yeah. I think so too. Sure. Um, so a lot of what we see on the hab is, I think a lot of the best of what this movie has to offer I and agree. it's, it's just Matt Damon being Mark Watney. Super pump. Yeah. Super pump as well. Super pump. Yeah. yeah. Super yeah. duper. Super duper. I figured pump. that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Matt it can't not be. Matt Damon is. Which is saying a phenomenal lot. Phenomenal for this. So many other components of this movie being great. Yeah. That he still stands out. And yes, it's the screen time. Like, He's given the space to stand out. I think. Yeah. Right. No pun intended. I like, wasn't sure what that he would be my super pump. I had a suspicion like, you know, I, I bet Matt Damon does a real good job in this, but it'd been a while since I saw it. Sure. I hadn't, I mean, the last time I saw it was when it was released. Yeah, I didn't realize here. it's been almost five years since wow. I've seen this movie. Uh, the thing that solidified him as my super pump for me was the very end when he's finally getting off Mars. And he, it feels like oh. at that moment is whenever he drops the, like I'm, I'm a space pirate act mm-hmm. that he, and we see that that's he's like in the a chair and he's that crying he's been putting on like maybe more of what we don't see on camera. Exactly. Really the main amount of content that we get of Matt Damon in the movie of Mark Watney is him having to prepare, prepare himself for other people to be watching. Yeah. And so yeah. this was just like, yeah, this that's is such a good point. Cause I feel like that's who he really is. And he's put on this front of I'm a space pirate. I colonize Mars. I'm the best botanist on this planet. All right. the jokey stuff to keep his mind from thinking of like, you're going to die up here by yourself. Right. Yeah. And they do such a good job at the very beginning. We get to see him make the decision to not die. Yeah. And he's looking at everybody else's like, like workshops, like with their family photos and stuff. He's like, I'm not going to die here. Yeah. Yep. Really cool. I think so too. Really cool. But I I just think he, unless it's Castaway or something similar, I don't think there's a lot of movies where somebody's just given free reign to like, Hey, put this movie on your back and own it. Yeah. He, he does such a good job. Chelsea and I were commenting on, he's just like, this is what I think someone in this situation would be like. It's really, it's, I don't know how to say it. There's a certain realism to like Matt Damon is playing clearly a character sure. that is not Matt Damon. Sure. But it's just different and real enough that it like feels engrossing like to an extent. Yeah. yeah. I think it's because the type of person that could survive that situation is the type of person that could find a way to make themselves laugh and also sure. has the know-how to get some work done. Yeah. Um and so and uh, the the passing of time is so significant in this movie because souls counting by the souls which Yeah, is great. and it jumps it jumps a lot. Like there are several moments where we jump ahead pretty significantly. But I love the weight of that text. It's scary, yes. right? I love the weight of that text. Every 100%. time, I mean, when it does that huge jump, when it and jumps like, all the way to like, gets up in the 500s. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, oh, oh no. man. And he comes around that corner. He's skinny. Yeah. He got the beard. Oh man. I mean, yeah. you felt that. I felt yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. It hurt. There's just so much subtle stuff that I'm, I'm probably not even going to appreciate until later too. This is going like, to be one of those episodes that I listen back to. And I'm like, how did I not talk right. about that? There's but, just so much to talk yeah, about. Exactly. They consistently, without it being boring, like the fact that they made this, I mean, I have, I have an uncle that worked for NASA mm-hmm. in Houston, got to tour all that stuff, which was great. He Supremely saw, jealous. Yeah. He saw Apollo 13, a pre-screening wow. with Gene Krantz. Whoa. Like, Jeez. like crazy stuff. Yeah. And so wow. there's a certain investment I have in a story like this. Yes. Sure. But even as just a person who likes movies, I can't guarantee that like everybody who voted 
on this genre for Teen's Choice Awards right. feels the same way. But right. they yeah. still liked this one the most. Sure. Yeah. And so to put that in layman's terms for us, and like the, uh, the reason I'm thinking of this is the souls and how I think everybody is very conscious because we're reminded multiple times how much food he has left. Right. Yeah. Which feels like such a mundane thing to talk about. Yeah. It's like I'm watching a movie and it's like, what's on your grocery list? Who cares? Well, it's the stuff that like that <laughs> right. something that we would take for granted in yeah. any other movie. You know what I mean? And it, it really plays it up and says, no, that there's actually huge stakes to having enough food and like being able to breathe like stuff that we wouldn't right. consider a problem. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been, if you told me that I would have been heartbroken by the loss of some potatoes, I don't think I would have believed you. That's what felt cast away to me. Yeah. Like a volleyball with a handprint. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, broke, that broke my heart. When, when the potatoes saw. grew, we were like, Oh, this is incredible. Yeah. We're, I mean, obviously nothing good can last in the Mars atmosphere. Yeah. Right. But when that door lock blew, and those potatoes froze and were it, ruined. Flash froze, yeah. Oh, I was crushed yeah. for Mark As Watney. a first-time watcher, I mean, Doge and I, both seeing it, know he's going to live in the end. Yeah. Right. Are you thinking, how many times are you thinking he might die? This is going to be a kind of a tragedy. Yeah, I assumed that he would probably live, but there were several moments when I thought this could be a movie where he gets all the way up to the finish line and it's sort of a movie about the futility and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I The smallness of humanity. Yeah. yeah. And, and it still is, which yeah. I think is something to be applauded that this movie still with a hopeful ending still manages to be well, like, yeah. wow. Because I could think that's, that's the two ways it could go is we succeed in spite of our smallness, which is, I think, I think the story of mankind and their relationship with space, we succeed right. in spite of our smallness mm-hmm. or the story could have been, we are defeated because of our smallness, which is right. a huge bummer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Both valid, I would yeah. say, but both distinctly different from both one options. another. Yeah. I can see, I, I could, I can see why NASA is keen to be involved in this. If the story is ultimately we succeed in spite of our smallness, because oh, there's an sure. element of like when Teddy says like, I'm, you know, the second something goes wrong, they tell us to stop flying. I'm just trying to keep us in the air. Yeah. I feel like that's probably a little bit of like, if Mark Watney had died in this movie, there's probably a little bit of public perception of potential Mars missions. That's like, well, and we saw that movie and it turned out real bad for Matt Damon. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Y'all, y'all remember that Ridley Scott movie? Yeah. Yeah. The second anybody tries to do like a mining operation in space, they're going to be like, uh, no Stromo more like, no, thank you. <laughs> Gosh, it was so quick. <laughs> it's cause it was bad. It was yeah, quick because it was so. bad. I, I think so. It was good. Um, but yeah, th- there, there are elements to this movie that are kind of unlike a lot of things that I've ever seen. And then there are things like, uh, I thought Donald Glover's role was going to be huge. Right. And yeah. his, his role as a linchpin in the story was huge. His role on screen was very tiny, very small, very much. Yeah. And I think people's, um, maybe he has just become a bigger star since this came out. And so it was a much bigger deal for him to even appear in a movie when it came yeah. out. But I guess in my head, I had inflated his role to like, Oh, he's going to be like this. What 2020 Donald Glover, like lead in the lion King would be cast in. Yeah. And so I was shocked with how little he was actually on the screen. Yeah. Um, and I was shocked by how much Jeff Daniels was on the screen. Cause I had not even heard that he was in this. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like newsroom. Jeff Daniels. It does so much. And he's really good at that. Yeah. Good for him. I love that he broke through what is probably still his most iconic role which is a character in Dumb and Dumber. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which Way one is easy, Dumb or Dumber? I can't remember. Yeah, okay. It depends on the scene. Sure. <laughs> I love those uh, situational dependent roles that people play where it's like <laughs> scene to scene, I just might be 
Which, well, who are you now? It's like, who's the hunk and who's the chunk? So like, who's you never the know. You're right? Yeah. So what I want to do is uh, I want to break down some of the stuff that happens on Earth, talk about some of our Hermes people, and then talk a little bit about the- It's just going to turn into like a Nat Geo podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's <laughs> lions. about what happens on our Earth. Yeah. 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 There's lions. There's lions. That's the first thing we need to there's, talk about. So first thing you got to know about Earth. One, there's lions. Yeah. <laughs> Two, there's tigers. Some bugs. Some bucks. They're mostly bad, actually. Um, yeah, so I, there's some stuff I want to break down. But before we do that, speaking of breakdowns, uh, let's go oh my ahead gosh. and let's head over to Shout Announcements. Are you okay? Welcome to Shout Announcements. I've, well, uh, that was a quick emotional Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I just recovered so quickly. Um, I'm just, I'm healthier now than I was before, I think. <laughs> And also, I forgot that that was the energy that I left yeah, the show with. That's the main thing. Such a I well think. thought out bit. That's sort of the big one. Uh, yeah. Normally, I'm so well thought out. And you thorough. can't even say that. <laughs> normally, I'm so. What's the word? What's the word? Uh, I have a. What do you call it? Plan. <laughs> <laughs> Who always speaks her mind? That was the vibe of that Mulan. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Jeez. guys, listen up. We got a Patreon. So why don't you head on over there because we're going to be tackling whatever movie wins best picture. Spoiler, probably Parasite is hopefully, my guess. Hopefully Parasite. Yeah, hopefully is maybe the better word. I, I can't remember the last time I've heard three different leads to win. I think 1917 I and know. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a good point. All three have been good. Like so good. No, no. I still haven't seen that one yet. It's very good. I'm very interested in it. it the craziest part was the aliens. Dude. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Spoiler! Okay, I'm sorry. Adam, we'll make sure I'm I cut sorry. that part. You can't cut it from my brain. The best thing about Patreon, though, is that you don't have to wait until whatever movie wins the best picture to hear us talk about some other movies. Right now, we've got a bonus episode about a goofy movie up. Mm. We've got a bonus mini Monday up where we workshop some new games. Game mm. workshop. Coming your way very soon. There's going to be a whole section of our website that is exclusive. It's gated off. It is quarantined unless you have the Patreon access code. Mm, yes. Uh, and at that place on our website, you'll be able to find I our almost said it. Cause I love it so much. Ooh, it's <laughs> a good do one. that. It's a good, Can't it is that. a good one. Uh, <laughs> at that page on our website, you'll be able to view at a glance what we have rated every movie we've ever dedicated an episode to minus the movie that we wrote a year and a half ago. <laughs> we don't feel that it's that important <laughs> I mean, for you to know what we think of assumed. our own movie. Yeah. 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 yeah we definitely was, are we buying a poster yeah. for that Hallmark movie we wrote. Feliz uh, Navidad, by the way, that's what it was called. Just to pique the interest. It still fills my, fills my belly with warmth and love. <laughs> I, I love it, it so much. Uh, the other thing you'll be able to find there is two chunks review chunks mm-hmm. and they're not full length reviews. They're little chunks. They're just, little chunks. They're just they're little great. Chunks. By the way, I've, I've, we've been able to read each other's content and I'm, so impressed, honestly, by like <laughs> the way that you're able to, through writing, like give your opinions on stuff. Yeah. So it's just, it's little written chunks of reviews of movies that we have seen and we think you should or shouldn't see. Yeah. This is going to be one of the more helpful things for me personally as Carter, because I'm going to like, if y'all see a movie before I do, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go look at y'all's opinion. Like I would yeah. other websites. We're slowly like, okay, working to eliminate. Actually, I think I will see this. Both Jordan and Doge said. We're working to completely right. eliminate any need for us to have a relationship outside of this podcast. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like We'll only exist in this room Carter together. will never have to text us now. Yes. That'll be great. God. He's going to start typing out a text. Be like, what did you guys think? Of? Hold on. Oh, wait, just, no. I'll just go check on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us. Guys, we're so close. Um, to a million. To one million reviews. <laughs> we're not. Um, but rating and reviewing is some of the best um, work that you can do for our podcast yeah. and it's not really much work at all uh some of you if you don't want to write a review you can still just go rate it's a matter of clicking some stars uh click however many you want to that are more than four and less than six yeah yeah i think would be best i think but so. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and force you to it's not coercion it's persuasion um but also uh 
we're a month away. Well, we're less oh. than a month away from this episode of applying. We're going to apply to become Rotten Tomatoes critics. And so yep. I'm um, nervy. I know every rating and review between now and then is super helpful for us. And so don't forget to do that. And also following us on our social medias, Twitter and and Instagram. There's some really good content out there. And I guess if you're a mom, you can look on our Facebook too. Yeah. I'm not sure how often that gets updated. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. We have a Facebook. So let's kick off the nose of our blast off cone, cover it in tarp and uh, head on back to the movie. Did you, did NASA send you that script? That was amazing. You know, they just said, Hey, punch that cone. Let's punch that cone. Let's punch that cone. Let's go back to the show. Punch that cone. (laughs) And we're back and live. That's right. This one's live. Surprise. It's not. So I want to talk a little bit about. (laughs) Please pause this episode. We want to go home. (laughs) It's definitely live. (laughs) Let us leave. No, look at your phone right now because I know your phone shows the temperature. I don't care what time it is. Right now, it is 54 degrees where you are. Let's just look. It's going to blow your mind. That's crazy. Wow. That's how you can tell it's, it's always wow. 54 degrees. Somewhere. And look outside your car window. That's right. I know you're in your car. It's us. Hello. Whoa. Partly cloudy. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Okay. Love this boy. He was almost my super pump, even yep. in the face of Matt Damon doing so well. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about. He's got like a frantic energy in this movie that is yeah. so interesting. Doesn't he feel like a friend? Yeah. Like he could hang, man. He's so cool. He's there. There are some actors who play some roles sometimes but they're so fully realized and they feel so warm that I know what they would smell like. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited right I now. I know what she would tell Edgy for would Please, smell like. What is it? Tell Just me. like a good cologne, like a Dillard's cologne. Right, yeah. But he's one not that bougie. smells good. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd be that guy that like when you're around him, he'd be like, Man, you he smell smells good. good. It's you not too strong. Good. Yeah, it's just real pleasant. You know, but how it's like, like only him. Yeah, maybe other people have worn it, but I only remember him. But wearing I just because it, it like, made an impact. And if him, he changes yeah. it, I'm gonna notice. Yeah. If he doesn't, and this sounds That's like a joke. So good. I'm a hundred percent serious. I believe you. I feel like I could I hug him and I know what I, I believe you, like. and I agree with you. Do you know that how there's like visual shorthand, just like visual cues that immediately let you know like what's going on when he's got that jacket off sleeves rolled up and the tie pulled down, like loosened a little yeah. bit. You just instantly know like this guy uh, is here to party and hang a little bit. <laughs> Not where I thought I would we were say going. that. I thought he's here to work. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's party. He doesn't do a lot of work. No, he does so much work. It's so interesting. His relationship with uh, Benedict Wong's character. And By the way, love Benedict Wong yes. so very much. Hey, here's a question and I'm being serious. Is there a weak link here? No. In this cast? No way. No, I don't think nope. so. Because it's also like, I, I don't feel like I could take one of them away. I don't either. Because mm-hmm. even Kristen Wiig's character, which is not fully defined at what she does, I guess she's essentially the PR. PR, for right? NASA. Yeah, she's NASA PR. Is great. Yeah. Oh, so I love good. It. The whole uh, Hermes crew is so great. Sebastian Stan was a shock to me. Did not know. know he was in this. Yeah. And so I wanted more from him. But. So there's an element of, I don't believe there is a weak link, but my super dump is the casting on some, and it is because of two specific lines in the script. Hmm. When we call the secret meeting. No. You're against that? When they call it the Elrond, uh-huh. like Operation Elrond. Yes. Then in this universe, are they just like, man, that guy from Lord of the Rings looks a lot like <laughs> our friend from NASA. But he says it. He's the one who tells them what that is. Right. Which, which is so I great. Yeah, no, I like that the, takes me out of the movie. No, no I, I don't like care. It takes me out of the movie. There's never been a nerdier pump in my life, I wanted to make my own super pump. 
Because I don't know if this ever happens. Watching him be like, he was there. Dude, it's so. Wait, I wait till you hear that. my second instance. Okay. When he says, I know it's wildly irresponsible, but I would get to fly around space like Iron Man. And then we immediately cut to Bucky Barnes' face. Yes. <laughs> he knows Iron Man. I, I know. Why are we doing that, that in this movie? Because well, it's Iron so Man good. exists outside of the MCU movies. Iron Man was not popular enough of a character to be a pop culture reference that an astronaut named Mark Watney would know outside of the success of the 2008 Iron Man movie. That's that's not true. People knew who Iron Man was before 2008's Iron Man. Guarantee you a, a NASA botanist would not know Iron Man and fly around Hold like on. Iron Man. You're telling, me, you're telling me a nerd like a NASA botanist doesn't know Iron Man? Wait, uh, why can't he know it in 2035? You flimsy. Endgame has already happened. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if Endgame has happened in this movie, are they just like, man, that astronaut that we're with looks a lot like the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get that. That stuff, it just, it really takes me out of the movie. And no. by and large, I love this movie. So yes. that's my super dump. Okay, the part where Kristen Wiig was like, approved to everybody that yeah. swiped their cards at Target. That was yes. the part for me that took me out of it. Yeah. Her tiny hands were what was really strange <laughs> for me. But he's, I, ooh, I don't know. It feels like the right genre. To do things like that. I don't know. It, I get it. It doesn't. It doesn't to me. Like, okay. I feel like if this was, if this was way more tongue in cheek, then I think we could do that. It doesn't sure. feel like it works. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to argue that it takes you out. Okay. And maybe that's the one thing that people were like, it's a comedy. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, which I don't like, I don't like calling it a comedy. So, so I, I agree. I want to talk about Donald Glover just a little bit. Um, because I alluded to it a little bit. I had a hard time finding a super dump. I think this movie's pretty dang good. Uh, I'm going to give my super dump to, I want more from Glover. I think he's got more talent than this, than this movie let him show off. Yeah. Um, and so the, the lack of, uh, vitamin DG Donald Glover is my super dump. However, did it feel like he was playing Troy doing an Abed impression yes, the that's entire the thing. time? If I hadn't watched community, I would like his performance in this a lot better, Yeah, but he was doing when Troy and Abed when they swap bodies, bodies and they freaky Friday, that's what he was doing. Yeah. Oh. It, was just, it, was that exactly. it was that exact thing with the finger and like all of it. Yeah. You know, he actually slipped and fell in the scene where he said, I did read that. Coffee. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they just stuck with it. Him spitting the coffee into the wireframe trash can. Yeah. I was like out loud laughter. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I mean, he's so he, his comedic timing is perfect. His dramatic yeah. acting is so good. I just, Anything with Donald Glover, I'm like, can I get more, please? Can I think I get you could have just said he is perfect. Yes, he this is perfect. was so early him though, right? Outside of Community, well, this was like yeah, this was 2015. He, he'd been right? making music for a while, yeah. right? But he's not. Yeah, he hadn't. Atlanta hasn't happened. He's yet. not Atlanta. He hasn't yeah. done This Is America. He hasn't done Atlanta. He hasn't done Lion King. So I hear you. I totally get where yeah, you're coming he from. He hasn't been. He hasn't been Lando either. Right. Oh, so, forgot he was Lando. <laughs> yeah, we all forgot he was Lando. Yeah, when you were talking about extra credit. Yesterday, yep. uh, and you're talking about his movies. I was like, they haven't even said, yeah, solo yet. Um, since we're all super dumping, and anytime my friends dump, I want to dump too. Mm, I have that problem. Uh, Humans are social creatures. What took me out of the story? It was something that seemed uh, so painstakingly realistic at times, but then to say that China has a secret booster that they've never told anybody about, and wouldn't it be appropriate to give it to America right now? Yeah, super dump. Okay. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't that like not that. Happen. I mean, it's great to have the narrative be like the world is rooting for Mark Watney. The yeah. world actually has something invested outside of a narrative because China actually gave one of their secret boosters. I don't like that at all. I don't think it needs to yeah. be there. I don't think it needs, if you take, that's the thing. If you take it out, like I can take out a cast member and it feels different. Sure. If you take out that entire part of the story, I don't care. 
Sure. Yeah. It doesn't that, change that NASA is like, we were working on this for like the, the group of missions after the Ares missions are done. Right. We have to accelerate the development right now. Yeah. I don't think we lose anything by not having it be China. Right. I, don't, I hear you. To me, there's something kind of sweet about like, look, this is bigger than country. This is a person. When, when you're talking about off the planet, it's no longer America. It's earth. This is an earthling. But then you lost an entire crew that blew up like the challenger. And we're not talking enough about that. If you're going to put energy more I thought it was an that, unmanned ship that blew that up. That was a drone. Yeah. Are you there's, sure? Yeah. yeah. There's nobody on that. Okay, great. Then yeah. that's fine. Then it doesn't hurt it as much, but it's still my super dump. But right. yeah. No, I totally hear you. <clears throat> I, just for me, I think it was like, it was very much like, you know, when, when I'm an, when I'm an American, I go to another country, I'm an American in another country, but he's not an American on Mars. He's an earthling on Mars. Yeah. Like it's, it, we're all from the same place. Yeah. Arrival, which what I think is what I genuinely think probably would have won. If it it's was my part favorite, sir, we haven't already done yeah. it has a very similar narrative that has done so much better. I agree. I think I agree with that because the the relationship between the countries feels necessarily so fragile. Mm-hmm. And the second that something goes wrong, all the countries bail and arrive. The it's difference more sequestered is and arrive. if yes. Matt Damon's up there with a Chinese astronaut. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Then it becomes a bigger deal. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't mean I'm not saying China shouldn't be there because they're self, they're more selfish than that. That doesn't make sense for China no. to do something like that. I think if the roles were reversed, I would have a hard time believing America would give a secret booster to China. You know what like, I mean? Like they just, give us like the basically the Jeff Daniels version of of Chinese space travel. Like they give us him talking to his assistant because they watched it on the news and they made that decision just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I hear you. Flimsy for sure. Yeah, I hear you. There is, there is a sense that I get towards the end of this movie, like around the Chinese booster. And then the, like, we take a step, I think toward a more like actiony blockbustery ending mm-hmm. with launching the kicking the lid off the space cone as Jordan so eloquently put it. Uh, and then I, think like, I said, kicking the nose, kicking the nose off the space. Oh, you're cone. right. That is it's definitely better. measurably better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then flying in the flying chair to catch him. Like there's elements of that where it's like, okay, that's getting a little bit action hero-y for what the rest of the movie is. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm standing by my super dump because it is the thing that bothered me the most while watching. And I think it was built up by what I was talking about, thinking that his role would be bigger and shocked that it Donald wasn't. Lover. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm standing by that. Um, as we're talking about it, the, let me blast off with my hand hole, shoot to <laughs> you floating out in space. Yeah. It's a little goofy. Maybe it is. It feels like that's the part where it was like, like we did a ton of research to find really clever ways to survive. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like the hole in the glove might be the first thing we thought of. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? It doesn't yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. we'd gave a lot of thought to like, okay, he could do that. Or he could like, just since space has no friction, he could just try and eyeball it and push off. Yeah, and, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm glad it, he didn't, uh, Leia Organa his way out just like a straight line of, it worked yeah, perfectly. Like exactly. I'm glad it was hectic and I scary. Mean, it made me nervous. It played that sure. role. The part where they're, they're like twirling around that strap on the oh. seat is so stressful. Oh. Like Incredibly every muscle in my stressful. body, a hundred percent. See at flexed. that point too, in my first watch, I'm like, it's a life for a life. That's what this narrative is going to be. Oh yeah. yeah. Giving up mine for him. Yeah. Because I left him. I thought Chastain's done. I mm. thought she was about to die somehow. It's interesting. But it doesn't. It, it it keeps everyone alive, right? Yeah. And I'm not upset about it. There's several movies that it does that. And I was like, you should have had more at stake. You should, should have, have lost died. somebody. Yeah. yeah. But there's something that makes me kind of emotional about this story, just being a group of people that are willing to put their lives on the line to bring their friend back. The poster, yeah. the poster is so much more meaningful to me. It's now saving for Private Ryan kind of, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Ironic. Right. Um, but wow, we didn't think of that one. He's done this before. That's funny. Um, but 
the poster of just his face and saying, bring him home. Yeah. After watching it, it kind of makes me a little emotional. Just yeah. like, yeah. And, and I think that's what I'm talking about. Just like band together, get him, get our boy back. Like go. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the scene where, um, the crew of the Hermes sits around and decides we're going to defy orders, commit mutiny, and we're going to go after our boy back on Mars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's forced their hand. They're going to have to give us supplies yeah. or else they lose all of us. I don't like that there, there weren't, there weren't consequences for Michael Pena because she was like, you and me, we're military. We're going to get court-martialed. Right. But, but they weren't. Right. You know I mean, like everybody was like, oh, he came home alive and that's great. And that's better than you breaking the law. You know well, what I mean? I guess right. we don't know that they weren't right. The whole thing of like, if you're court-martialed, you don't get to go to space again. And the final thing and that we see is it. him fist bumping oh. a Chinese astronaut and they're going into space together. Yeah. Because America and China are best friends because they saved Jason Bourne from space. Right. Yeah. There's a, a funny joke that uh, the world would save so much more money if we just left Matt Damon. <laughs> like Saving <laughs> yeah. Private Ryan, Interstellar, The just Martian. Leave just leave <laughs> him. We've, we've spent billions of dollars trying to save Matt Damon. Just leave yeah. him there. That's a good yeah. point. That's very <laughs> it's funny. better for the economy. I think that... Um, the Chinese astronaut next to Michael Pena's character on that ship. I think we are supposed to infer that that was the cost of using their ship to bring, like to save Mark Watney was that we allowed them to get in on the American space program because in the book, apparently that is like a big plot point. Hmm. I could have used a lot more of that in the movie. I know. I agree in the book. I was reading in the trivia that in the book, a big plot point is that China says we can help you, but we want to put a Chinese astronaut on Mars. See, I, if that's in the movie, I buy that they give them their secret rocket Yeah, because then there's some kind of a value trade. But right now it's just the way that it reads in the movie is, man, we love your Matt Damon guy so much too, that we're willing to give you up our classified space secrets. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read the book, but from what I read, it seems like that's a pretty big point Mm. is like, we'll help you, but it's on my list for this year. So I'll read it it and I'll read it and check back in with you guys. Cool. Yeah. I'd love that. I feel like classified space secrets is going to be Daft Punk's new album name. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I'm down. I'm fine. I'm with so it. excited for their new album. So yeah, I know you were the most obsessed with um, random, random access memories of anybody. It's I knew one yeah. of my favorite albums of all time. It's very good. Um, so the ending, let's talk about that just a little bit. Um, after we save Mark and uh, come all, come all the way back and we get to see sort of the fate of some of these people. I think I could have, had an easier time buying the relationship between Sebastian Sand and Kate Mara. If we had seen just a little bit more of Any it, just a little besides bit. Besides her kissing his helmet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was him waving to her on his spacewalk. I thought there was something going on. I you thought know? he was going to die too. Yeah. I thought maybe that spacewalk is so stressful. He's not that tethered. EVA? No yeah. tether. That's spooky. When you miss, you just, <coughs> you just gone forever. You just keep going forever. You're just gone. Nah, we good. I'm good. I nope. don't like that at all. Nope. Space is utterly terrifying. Yeah. To me. I, I I'm kind of glad Gravity didn't win because I didn't want to watch it again. It's a oh, great so movie, stressful. but it's so, so stressful. 90 minute panic attack. Ugh. But um, I like, you know, I like seeing, I'm a sucker for, and after this, this is where they went, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like Return of the King so much. But <laughs> um, seeing everybody safely back home and seeing Mark teaching that class full of new recruits. That was a great way to end it. It is. Yeah. And I thought it was just a really kind of wholesome ending to this stressful movie. (laughs) Yes. Um, Which brings us to time to rate it. Huh? I believe so. Let's do it. I do believe so. Mark Watney is a botanist using science. Much like he grows potatoes from human manure. We grow ratings from all sorts of different things. From podcast manure. From podcast manure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Using the scientific cinema scale, which is 
as follows. Well, it's built from super dumps. Like yeah, super a, it's, it's like the manure of super full, dumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the botanical cinema scale for this one. Yeah, the botanical cinema scale is as follows. And so go ahead and rank them. We're, we're going to change the names of these rankings to flowers from worst flower to best flower. <laughs> yeah. So the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that rose. rose. <laughs> yeah, poster. The next best thing we could say, that's going to be buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. Grass. God, God has forsaken It's the stupidest plant. It's ugly. It's it the stupidest look like flower of a wall. Grass is the worst flower. What a dumb Grass? flower. I don't know. It doesn't even bloom. I feel like... Pine guns. <laughs> really flexing on this one, aren't we? I know. It's plants. How did they not? We know How three flowers. How did they flowers. not do a botanist podcast? <laughs> one of them is grass. We know three flowers. Pine Rose, grass, pine cone. <laughs> My favorite flowers. Yeah. I, when I make bouquets. Uh, rose, grass, pine Rose, cone. grass, pine cone. RGP. RGP. Always stick to those three. What is happening? I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to buy this movie. I liked it. So I'll buy it. I'm going to buy the poster for this movie. Okay. I absolutely love this movie. And specifically, I want to buy the poster that is on Teddy's wall. It's a painted poster of like a landscape with Saturn in the background. I I googled how to find that poster. Did so you I could really get it for my office? Oh, it's so, so cool. Did you find it? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm buying the poster too. Cool. Uh, this was. I, I think I said at the beginning of this episode, I had wrestled with is Ridley Scott my favorite director? Sure. Yeah. And this was like above and beyond a confirmation of. And I think it's one of my favorites. Of it's probably right behind Alien for That's me. That's gotta feel good. Uh, it does. It feels really good. But he, yeah, I, I think it's just so, so well put together. And sure. there's just a lot about it. It's fun to read the trivia and then to kind of see some of the technical specs of this outside of the NASA stuff. But the fact that this was done in 72 days. Yeah. It's, it's pretty spectacular for what they were able to do. But yeah, it's a buy the poster for me in a lot of ways. Awesome. Pretty holistically. I think that's great. Very much. That closes out the sci-fi genre of the Teens Choice Awards. Sure does. That only leaves one. Mm. Action. Next week. Action. We're going to be reviewing the winner of the action genre for Teens Choice Awards, which is Baby Boss Driver. Baby. Boss oh. Baby. Oh. You watched oh. the wrong movie, dog. I bet I can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be a really cool episode. I Have think. we all seen it? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Yes. Many, many times. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. I'm excited about talking about it. There's a lot to rate it right now. Uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. So, Baby Driver, uh, <laughs> second appearance of Juan Hamon, our boy. Juan Hamon. That's true. Yeah, it's a great point. This was our first Matt Damon movie ever that, in yeah. our whole podcast, what? besides Ragnarok. We're what two and a half years yeah, old? That's true, besides yeah. Ragnarok. Wow, Isn't that crazy. Yeah. First Matt Damon movie. Second Kristen Wiig movie in three weeks. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. Amazing. It's our second. Third Donald Glover movie, if you count Homecoming. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do this. This is our third Chiwetel Ejiofor movie. Had a couple uh, Michael Peñas up yeah. in there, up in that piece. Oh, Ant-Man. Uh-huh. This is my first Mike, Michael Peña. It is your That's first true. Michael Peña movie. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> hey, let's end the podcast before we just name every movie. We I know. would love to do that. Make sure you tune in next week. Check out Patreon. There's some cool stuff going on there. Follow us on all the socials and review us because we want that so bad to end today's episode. I'd like for us to each say our name and uh, what planet you'd like to be stuck on by yourself for like a week. Completely safe. Just spend some time on the planet. Doge just, Doge just looked at me through his eyebrows. <laughs> that was uh, disconcerting. 
For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I think I'd like to spend some time on a gas giant. So I'm going <laughs> to head on over to Jupiter. Good luck. And uh, No surface. I'll just float around. No, you'll fall right through, fall to the planet core and get I'd crushed by the force of Jupiter's oh, gravity. Oh, that sounds so good. Mm. <laughs> I'm Doge, and speaking of things that sound good, if I could choose any planet, it would be Pizza Planet from Toy Story. <laughs> And I would just be there by myself and play all the games and eat all the pizza. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a better answer than mine. Um, I think for me, there's a place I've heard of recently. It's called Peachtopia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's where cats run free. Where cats are free. That seems fun to me. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.